music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. This week, I'm joined by Lindsay Miller, founder of Other Ways Music. Lindsay does so much for music in regards to artists, from booking shows to leading artist management and public relations, all while studying at NYU. She's a strong voice for creating opportunity for artists and showgoers in spaces and beyond, and it was such a thrill to talk to her about the challenges and opportunities that come with working in this area of the music industry. With that being said, let's turn it over to one of her favorite bands, Future Teens, and hear from Lindsay herself now. going for you good how are you I'm great you're in New York right yeah I live in Manhattan oh that's awesome well that's exciting to hear and you're going to NYU right now yeah I'm currently a sophomore oh awesome so you're slowly juggling along then yeah (laughs) well that's good to hear well I'm so excited to talk to you about your involvement in music I was immediately drawn to your profile after you messaged me of course about um, seeing other ways music there which is really exciting um, I love that you have that project going for you. Yeah, it's really fun. Well, before we dig into that specifically, I want to find out from you how you kind of first became involved in music. Yeah, so when I was in high school, I didn't really have any friends. Well, I had a few friends, but I didn't really have any, like, very close friends. And I was always really into music. Like, I was, like, my always, like, when I was, like, really little, I was, like, a Hannah Montana fangirl, like, everyone <laughs> And, like, I was always really into, like, Harry Potter kind of stuff and, like, music surrounding that. And then I just got really into, like, the Front Bottoms, which are my favorite band in the world. And Marina and the Diamonds, who's, like, a little right behind me right now. Nice. I was, like, 13, 12, 13. I got really into that. And I was, like, wow, I'm really organized and good at business stuff, but I can't sing and I can't play an instrument. I'm just, like, really untalented, but I know I want to do something in music. And I grew up in D.C., and there's a venue in DC called the 930 Club um, that has an internship program. 
And when I was like a junior in high school and I just wasn't really doing, like I obviously was going to school every day and everything and just kind of sucked. And I feel like I wasn't really doing anything. So I decided to apply and it was like very weird because I was like a toddler and everyone else there was like out of college. And I was like, why? (laughs) Somehow they liked me and I got the internship and I started going there after school every day. And it was just like, I discovered, I just fell in love with it. Just the whole thing. And yeah, that's how, but I really started like going to shows when I was pretty young, like a lot of house shows and yeah. And from there, I just, I did that for a year and it was just like one of the best experiences. And now I'm like, then I, I'm going to school for music business. So that kind of led me to do that. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I'm glad to hear about all of it. Um, what were some things you learned from your internship in DC that, you know, you may still carry with you as lessons? Ask the right amount of questions mm-hmm. and don't ask too little. <laughs> ask a question because you don't know what's going on, then ask it. But trust yourself and know that you don't need to ask questions about every little thing. Because that was something that I learned in that internship that really helped me. Also, like, kind of know your place, I guess. Because I was the youngest there and I just kind of, like, would just do what they told me to do. Which, I, looking at that, like, kind of sucks. Like, I didn't really... I mean, I did a lot, but I didn't really get to do, like, as much as I wanted to because I was obviously, like, a baby. But, like, kind of, like, I think that gave the, like, people, my boss more respect for me that I wasn't really trying to, like, push harder because I knew I was young and just, like, it was my first real internship. So it was, that was something that, I don't know, was learned. <laughs> no, that's good because it's, like, you kind of have to find that line between, like, where can you push to grow and also understand that, you know, you are a young kid there's certain things that they probably can't let you do for whatever legal reasons or, you know, just because they have somebody who's maybe can do that job already. So I can understand that. Yeah. Well, it's good that you were able to carry that with you and it motivated you to obviously keep going. Um, So you mentioned going to house shows, of course, like, and you were growing up in DC. Um, Were there any like favorite spaces or bands in that area that got you really excited about music? I love Above the Bayou, um, which is now technically closed down, which really sucks, but um, it's a really cool space. It's in, like, it's right by the, like, GW campus, and it's just, like, it's, like, and it's, like, basically abandoned apartment building, and it's, like, the top apartment, like, on the top floor, and I actually got to do a show there, like, with one of my bands last spring, which was, like, very full circle, but that's a really great spot. Um, I used to see, like, fans like the obsessives and snail mail a lot like when I was like in high school like saw them at gigs which was really cool like now both of those bands have grown yeah no kidding I just saw snail mail actually like a couple months ago here in Tampa who by the way phenomenal phenomenal show and it's cool to see bands that come up from different scenes like that I just remember like I was never friends with like Lindsay Jordan or anything but like I remember like you like I knew of her from like high school Mm-hmm. like when I was like a freshman in high school which is like really weird because just like now she's like this big entity and like I really look up to her even though we're like the same age but it's just really cool to have like another young woman like really making like something for herself like coming from like just like hanging out in Maryland like being a kid to like signing to like one of the biggest record labels like it's just it's really inspiring to me and she's like she's someone who I look up to a lot 
That's awesome. Yeah. Lindsay's such an incredible talent and I hope that, you know, well, I'm certain of it. She's setting a wonderful example for so many people out there who are like working hard in music and makes it that much more accessible when you have somebody else who's doing it. Yeah. Also like Lydia Knight from The Regrets. Yeah. She's like, like I'm older than her, which is so weird. And like, she's like an icon. Like I met her and I like died. Like it was, (laughs) I was like, I had this picture of me. I'm like out of the mosh and I'm all sweaty and I'm just like, I fucking love you. So <laughs> girls like that is like, well, Lydia's like, I, I, I found out about the regrets about two years ago, but Lydia's like pretty new to that. But like Lindsay's like someone who's like been doing this for a while. And like, I really admire. That's so awesome. And it's good to have people like that across the scene. Um, they just really just help with so much for motivation and just like, I feel like opening doors and such. So with you, you have your project, Other Ways Music, which is amazing. It seems like you do it all. Um, how did Other Ways kind of get started, and how did you kind of come up with the name for it? Well, so I started NYU last fall, and I knew that I wanted to, like, start doing stuff right away, just because I'm, I've always been kind of, like, I'm a very driven person, and I've always been, like, really annoying about it, and, like, just want to do everything. Um, so I knew I wanted to start doing shows because I was, I've kind of like fangirled over like Ad Hoc and Pop Gun, which are two big promoters for years. And I actually got an intern for Ad Hoc over the summer, which was like crazy. But, uh, like I, I just kind of wanted to like model off of that and do something that was like very like inclusive and like with a lot of my friends and just something that people could come out and have fun. So I think the first Other Ways show was in October, November of last year. And it was, I met, uh, like I just made a bunch of like, Brian's just in school, and I met these two guys in this band called Ben Seller, um, and I was like, well, this music's really sick, like, I would love to do a show with them, and so I was like, okay, like, let's do a show, like, let's, I have to, like, make this sound cool, like, let's come up with a cool name, and I, it just, like, came, I don't really remember how I came up with it, it probably just, like, happened, I was like, oh, this sounds, like, not stupid, like, let's do this, um, and then I did a show in November, and it was my first show, and it was at this, like, teeny tiny bar, in, in Williamsburg. No, it wasn't Williamsburg. It was in, it was Bushwick. I don't know. It was in Brooklyn. And it was this tiny bar and it was all a mess. Like he told us it would be a kit and it wasn't a kit. And he told us it would be all ages, but apparently it wasn't. And we had to like, go. it was crazy. And we, and they finally let, like, they were like, fine, we'll let underage people in. And it was this whole big thing. And the bar could pr- probably fit like 30 people, like 150 people showed up. Wow. Crazy. And I, that was like, I still count that as like the best night of my life. Cause I was like, I'm just doing this to have fun with my friends and whatever. And then like that happened. I was like, holy shit. Like this is something I can do and like do as like an actual company. And like, cause I was, I came up with other ways. It's just kind of like a fun thing. Like, Oh, I'll do some shows with some friends on the side. Then I was like, wow, like I can actually do this. And like people want to come and like, I'm making an impact on this. And like, people are having a fun time. And like, that was like, still like, I look back on that night all the time. It's just like, such a like amazing experience for me so that that really made me like take it seriously and so then I was like can I manage you guys and like start doing more projects and that's how I just kind of like built like a roster it's mostly just friends of mine like through that and doing more shows damn that's so amazing and like I mean you must have made an impression with your friends in that sense the fact that 150 people turned out is amazing for that size of a space uh what did you do to kind of generate that well we well, I did, like, a lot of Facebook promo and, like, Instagram, but most of it was just, like, I, like, I don't know, I talked to everybody. I, like, I'm just, like, a very, like, 
open person and I just told a lot of people about it. I made flyers and everything and we had a friend of ours make this like beautiful flyer which we posted and I guess like people were just like this seems cool and like we were it was like the beginning of freshman year so like no one really knew where they like what their place was like they just kind of want to find somewhere to like go and like meet meet friends like make connections with people and I guess it was just like a good time for it to start. Wow, that's so awesome. It sounds like everything lined up perfectly. And, you know, you put in some really great work, it sounds like, too. Yeah, it just, like, kind of sucks because that venue, like, the owner of that venue is, like, really not a good, like, it's, like, that whole, like, I should have made a lot more money than I did from that night. Sure. It took a lot of it. And the owner was very, like, sexist towards me and, like, asked me out a few times. And it was just, like, the whole experience, like, I mean, obviously, I learned a lot and I had, I was a great thing like starting other ways but also I've had a lot of really shitty experiences mm-hmm. like with mostly male venue owners just like regards like I'm young and I'm a girl and like this isn't something that's new for me but like obviously that's something that I'm gonna have like that all femmes and non-binary people in the music industry have to deal with um which they shouldn't have to deal with but I don't know I feel like I've grown a lot through that too yeah, it's bullshit that you even have to put up with it to begin with because, you know, you're just doing your job just as much as any person that identifies as a male in the room is. It's no different. It's just, it's gross the way that the industry treats non-men, that's for sure. Um, so with that kind of actually, what are some of the things that you feel like uh, you've accomplished and maybe what are some challenges that you've had with working toward other ways music and you mentioned of course sometimes dealing with these misogynistic venues but um but what are maybe some good things and then maybe some challenges you've overcome okay so good things I would say is I've built up like a really good network of people and like a lot of mentors that I really look up to that have like become like good friends of mine um just like people around me are really supportive of what I do which is really nice like I've never really had that kind of support system from like people other than my family before which is like very like makes me really happy um and just like the fact that I get to like help promote artists that I'm like genuinely very like into their music and into their style is just something that's really important to me but like kind of the challenges are pretty much every venue in New York City is run by a man mm-hmm. um and it's just I just wish there was a space like my goal in like for everything like my future goal it's like start a space like focus on like non-men and like run by all non-men but like also like booking it's hard when it's like there's a juxtaposition because if you book a bill and have one band on it that's like mostly non-men and the rest are like all dudes people are like that band's only there because you're tokenizing them the that's mostly guys with like only a few girls and they're like in the back like they're like not the front person people say well you had no girls and you're sexist but then if you have an all-female show people say now you're tokenizing the fact that like it's an all-female show and like you're trying to capitalize off of that so it's like very hard to like because obviously like I try so hard to like make everything I do as in like with like booking and with bills like as inclusive as possible and try to have all types of people on them and not just have like straight white dude indie rock like Mac DeMarco bands like play and it's just hard because there's like backlash in both senses Mm -hmm. that's definitely a challenge that I'm I think the whole music industry in general is just still trying to grapple with um especially since like 
this scene especially is mostly like Caucasian people mm -hmm. and getting more representation from people of color into this scene is extremely important. Um, there's a band called Great White, which I'm- Love Great White. <laughs> I booked them a few times. We have a show coming up next month. No, it's this month, it's in like two weeks. But just like bands, more bands like Great White need to come up and like, cause Great White's are such a special band. Um, but more bands like that need to come up in the scene. So I think that's another challenge, just like as someone who's kind of like organizing everything is to really be mindful. Yeah, because they exist. Like yeah. bands like Great White exist. There's so many just in New York alone that, you know, I think they just need to be given a chance on these lineups. And it can be so challenging sometimes for like um, – whenever you're dealing with venue spaces that are run by men or, you know, you have bands that probably sometimes want to play together all the time mm -hmm. instead of, you know, having that effort of diversity because it's a lot for you to probably juggle, you know, the needs of like whatever the crowd quote unquote wants versus like what's right for inclusivity versus what's going to feel safe. It's a lot to probably have to consider. So I respect you for, putting in that work and you're clearly doing your best to do more shows with like people of color and non-men. It's amazing that you're able to just push through all that. I'm always just definitely respect the hell out of anybody who does that. We have some people who are doing that here locally and they are such badasses and I'm always just like respect. <laughs> so it's like, thank you. Because <laughs> like most people that book shows that are actually inclusive which like I feel like most promoters in New York do it pretty well I would mm -hmm. say it's it's difficult because you have the, the crowd that once they're like quote-unquote like they're seen you know it's like also that and I don't know, also dealing with all this like the sexual assault allegations that have been floating around like mm -hmm. I had a show that I like booked it, I didn't really book it someone gave me a lineup was like find me a place and I was like okay you guys are like cool I put a show together and like the second I announced it I get a dm that's like you cannot book the show like so and so like assaulted my friend and I deleted all the posts and it was all gone in five minutes and no one said anything about it and the other bands that were on the bill were like dude like what the fuck like why would you do that it's just speculation like you put our show back on and I'm like no I'm like you can have, do the show by yourself, take my name off of it, take anything that I'm have to do off of it because that's not something that other ways or I feel comfortable doing. And they, I don't even think the show, I'm not sure if the show happened or not, but they were, I feel like a couple weeks later, they like texted me, they're like, yeah, like, um, we got it all together. Like we can put your name back on it if you want. I'm like, no, like, did you not understand that? Like, that's not what I want to do. Like, and I, pro I made them promise me they wouldn't do the show and they like did it. And like, it's just like, oh my gosh. it's just like stuff like that just like gets me really heated. And obviously it doesn't happen that often, but in situations that it does, it's like people have to be held accountable for their actions and people have to understand that like working with anyone that's even remotely involved in that kind of stuff is like not okay on any standpoint. And I feel like most of these male bookers or male venue owners like don't really understand that. Yeah, well, it's safety for the people that are attending your show. That's probably, like, the number one priority. And also, you know, you never want to give a platform to somebody who is an abuser, who has caused harm in that sense. So um, I appreciate your mindfulness toward that because it's, it, it's, it takes a lot to stand up to people, I feel like, to begin with, especially given the vitriol that people have right now toward 
call outs, but like, it's so important. And it's great that you were willing to just instantly like shut down your end of it and just be like, if you want to handle this, that's your business, but I don't want that to happen. So like this artist is like a pretty, not really in the DIY scene at all, but a pretty prominent artist in like the LA, like indie rock scene. Uh huh. Obviously like there were a lot of, my first instinct was to shut everything down, obviously, because that's just who I am as a person. But, like, for someone else, there were a lot of, like, reasons why they should do the show. Um, so, like, I just hope people that book shows are becoming more mindful of that and just, like, understand, like, even if this is going to give you a lot of, like, cred or whatever, like, don't, you shouldn't put your audience or, like, anyone in harm's way. Well said. I think that's super important. And I hope that more people start to adopt that philosophy because it's just important for literal safety and it provide. why wouldn't you give that opportunity instead to a band that, you know, is up and coming and is perhaps more talented and does not have these allegations behind them or, you know, things along those lines. I mean, there's plenty of, I've always lived by the philosophy of there are plenty of other bands that are just as talented that aren't assholes. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you share that philosophy in that sense. Yeah, I uh, everyone else shares that with me too. Hell yeah. We'll promote that. That's for sure. Um, so you mentioned earlier that a lot of the artists that you work with, you met through obviously being friends with them and such. Uh, have you ever done any other kind of networking or like, are these all mostly your friends at this stage? Um, it's a mix at this point. So I manage like a couple NYU bands, but mm -hmm. I also manage this band called Top Nachos. Um, with they're from New Paul's and it's like my friend Eli. Um, I know Alana had was on this podcast I think last week. Yeah. Like Alana's partner. And like they've just become like some of my really close friends that I've just like met through music stuff. Also my this guy Tom who I've met through music stuff is just like become really good friends of mine. And then I manage a band um that are like kids like they just graduated high school and they're like one of the best like bands I've ever seen live in my life wow and I just saw them and I was like these guys rock like I need to like hang out with them and like um but I a lot of it's friends but a lot of the shows that I book like management for me is different than booking like for booking it's I get a lot of agencies like smaller like usually like very like midwestern emo agencies <laughs> which is like very my, up my alley so that's cool um and that kind of stuff for booking so I done like I've done I had the last like this weekend I had a show with Runaway Brother which is like a really sick band like they're on Tiny Engines and like that was so cool I was like wow like an actual real signed record label band like wants to work with <laughs> but like I've been doing I did some stuff with Future Teens and like, I was, like these guys are so sick and it's just like that kind of stuff it's like whoa like bands that actually have like a genuine following and like are signed to like actual labels that I've been listening to for years, like actually want to work with me, which is like very weird. Um, but also like I work, so I intern, well, it's not, like, it's like a technical like job. I don't really know, but it's like a part-time job at Warner music group. So I'm doing like college marketing and like college influencing for them, which is like, sounds very like, I don't know, but I, it's like, I've met a lot of people through that, that I've really, really liked. And yeah, it's just, I talk to everybody. So I try to, keep track of everybody that I meet, which is hard, but. Yeah, that's just impressive that you've been able to do that. And like, 
you know, you mentioned, of course, you know, doing that internship with Warner Music Group and like, obviously you're doing the artist management, the booking, that's a lot on top of being in school. What's your schedule like? I don't really like, I don't really sleep. I do sleep. I like, I have have my planner. So it's like, I have this little hot pink planner and I just, I've always been the kind of person that needs to be busy all the time. And like, if I have like downtime, like I do not know what to do. Like, (laughs) obviously I like weekends. I like enjoying my sleep but like if I have downtime like I need to be busy all the time or I just get very like in my own head mm-hmm. so it's always been like I have class like morning in the evening and then during the day I try to do all my like Warner work and then other ways work and like any other things I have to do like I uh, I'm doing some stuff for vans right now and like I'm working with them to do some like college events and then I'm also like a brand ambassador for this like feminist clothing store in New York oh wow that kind of stuff too it's really fun and I'm also, like, interviewing for a new job. So it's, like, this whole thing, it's just, like, kind of crazy. And, like, sometimes I'm, like, wow, like, how do I do this? But I really like staying busy, and I really like being on top of everything. And it just, it keeps me motivated. And I feel like if I don't, if I'm here and I want to do things, like, I should be doing them. Like, I should, why, should, why wait, you know? People are, yeah. like, until you graduate, and then you can do all that. I'm, like, no. Why, why wait? Like. No, you might as well keep going. That's awesome. You sound a lot like me, honestly, because... I don't even know how the fuck I did as much as I did when I was in college. And then now it's like work full time, run a podcast, run another podcast, edit for one website. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, well, do all that. Maybe get some sleep somewhere in between. So it's so fulfilling though. You just feel, yeah. At the end of every day, I'm just like, wow, like I accomplished that. And like, I, I just feel very like, I don't know. I like, it just like keeps me motivated, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, because you're doing something that you're passionate about, so that's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, So one of the things that, like, stood out to me when I was, was, like, researching everything that you're doing is, like, you have your artist roster, like, front and center as your landing page, which I think is awesome. Um, A lot of websites that I see whenever it comes to, like, artist management and stuff, like, that's not always quite in the front. It's usually some other kind of aesthetic. And it's really cool because it gives me the impression that you're putting them first. Um, would you say that's kind of part of your philosophy with approaching that? Yeah. Like, I think that keeping, like, if we don't have jobs, if there isn't good music, like, and understanding that, like, that keeping the artists, like, front and center, cause, like, I'm not, I don't want to be an artist. Like, I, I did as a kid, but, like, I don't want to be the person on stage that people, like, clap it and stuff like I just that isn't something that I'm interested in but like what I want to do is help people that want to do that become that so like having the artist on the landing page this was the no-brainer to me when I first made that website but just like because that's what I'm really showcasing is like the work of the people that I work with because it's their art like I in man I have no like like you should like obviously I'm gonna be like you should release that that, whatever but I don't have any say in like the actual creative process of the music just because I feel like it's a very personal thing and it's like something I I want them to do and obviously I'm gonna help with the promotion and help with booking but I think that I just want to make sure that it's like the artist first always no I love that because that's it's really about them at the end of the day and what your benefit comes I think probably later on whenever it's like you see their success you feel your own success so that's cool that you have that drive and that focus. It's definitely something that I appreciate for sure. Yeah, it's, I think that's really important because uh, I feel like there's some, I don't really, not really, there's some like larger like 
big fancy like Hollywood managers that really try to make it about themselves. And it's like, you're really not like, it's not like you're not supposed to do that. Just like, that's taking away the like value of your job, I guess. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's like the success comes from the success of the artist at that point. And um, I think it says more when your artist is more successful than it does about how you look. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Um, so you do the PR and marketing side as well a little bit there. Um, how do you approach sharing artists with people? Part of like what I've kind of understood is that like I have a very like weirdly niche music taste and like mm-hmm. there's not really a lot of people around that I'm friends with like in real life that listen to the same stuff that I do. But kind of just like with PR in general, coming up with like a good pitch that isn't like 10 years long like a couple sentences and a link is like no one's good no one reads through the like those paragraph 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 emails a couple sentences and a link is like definitely the way to go in that route and then just like getting friends of mine like once you get people that like you're close with like into the music then they'll just start telling it to their friends and it's just kind of like a chain reaction from there and I'll like sometimes it just like happens like one of the artists that I work with like I do some of his PR and some of his booking, this guy named Harry, his, like, stuff just blew up overnight. And, like, we have no idea what happened. And overnight, he just had, like, a couple of, like, like, tens of thousands of, like, streams. And we're just like, what is going on here? And it's, like, and, like, it's stuff like that. It's, like, very, it's, like, weird, because, like, I, I knew he had a very, like, niche fan base, but then I just, like, what? But just, like, kind of making sure that, like, you are the biggest advocate and like then your friends will want to listen and then their friends will want to listen and just kind of goes from there. Yeah. That's the perfect way to approach it. I think. Cause like, I think when your passion shows for the work that this artist is doing, it almost becomes contagious in that sense. Because for me, when I read like press releases and stuff, it's like, I can tell how much that label or that PR person really cares about the artists that they're putting in front of me and that they're putting in front of like, you know, all kinds of potential people who'd want to interview them or write about them or do anything with that artist at that point. So I love that you have that kind of focus with yours because at that point, of course, I'm going to want to check it out. You seem really excited and you've made it easy for me to embrace what you've put in front of me. I think there's no passion. There's, there's nothing there. Like, like I, will not work with an artist if I'm not extremely passionate about what they're doing. That's probably the best way to do it. Honestly, I'm very much like that whenever um, I pick my guests for the podcast too, because, you know, you want to be able to be enthusiastic when you're promoting these people and their work. So that's interesting that you do that as well. Yeah, I think it's, that's like, I think it's because some people just like work with people like for the clout or whatever. I'm like, I, I really don't, like I've been approached for like a few like, doing a few like hip-hoppy kind of shows and like I I it's not that I don't I, I just like don't really listen to hip-hop it's just not something that I've ever really been interested in like I feel like I couldn't promote it to the best of my ability if I'm not actually wanting to do it you know no that makes complete sense because you want to be able to deliver your best and when you deliver that kind of excitement that's how you end up with like more than when you anticipated crowd at a show <laughs> yeah that's awesome Um, so I'm going to kind of put a twist on some questions that I normally throw at guests. You're familiar with it probably since you listen. Um, if you could book a show with any three artists or musicians, who would you want to have play your show? 
Okay. Currently then. active or dead. <laughs> the front bottoms first, obviously. The front bottoms are my favorite band in the entire world. Like, they're my phone background. Like, there's a picture of us as our, my phone background, which is, like, very, like, so, like, 2008. But, like, <laughs> all, all time favorite band. Um, I've been really into Just Friends lately. I think Just Friends is the best up-and-coming band ever right now. I saw them live in New York, and I, oh, I lost my shit. Like, it was so great. They're blowing up. They're a good band. So good. They're, like, ridiculous. <laughs> the third band, oh, I don't know. I, it's so hard. I know. I'd probably just get Modern Baseball back together to play. Oh, that would be a dream. I miss Mobo. <laughs> I saw the front bottoms of Modern Baseball together. Yeah. Uh, like years ago, and I was like, this is wild. So if that, ha- that could happen, that would be incredible. Oh, I miss Modern Baseball so much. I'm always thinking about those guys and being like, I hope you're doing well. I mean, Slaughter Beach Dog is doing great, of course. But, you know, it's like, I hope everybody's just doing their thing and is happy. Yeah. It's like they that band just means a lot to me so like, I just hope they're all good yeah well maybe someday that's for sure um so I get to do a special question for you then because I want to add on top of that if you could um represent or work with any artists who would you want that to be like is there anybody who's active out there right now or that you would be interested in working with that you haven't yet like, as a manager? Yeah. My kind of philosophy is, like, bringing people up from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like jumping on a project when they're already established is, like, something that I don't know how comfortable I would feel about doing. So, like, dream-wise, probably, like, the regrets. Yeah. Like, they're just so, like... They're just such a great band. That's, like, something that I would love to work on. But I don't know if I would feel comfortable being a manager of an artist that's already kind of developed because I think the point of a manager is to help the artists develop. And, like, I don't want to take credit for someone else's work, you know? Oh, that makes sense. That's interesting that you mentioned that because then do you really enjoy being part of, like, almost, like, the um, incubation phase of being able to just, like, help them develop as a band with how they approach things like shows or, like, how they talk to media, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, like, pretty much what I'm doing with, like, all my artists right now. It's because, like, we're all the artists that I work with are pretty, like, small scale in regards to that kind of stuff. Like, no one's had, like, any big, like, giant press coverage or anything. And, like, like by, like, like we haven't had, like, any of that. And, like, I kind of enjoy this stage. Obviously, I'm excited for what the future holds, but it's just, like, the fact that I get to be there and, like, help guide them on this, like, the, the growing process, it's, like, that's the most fulfilling thing for me. That's awesome. Well, I love hearing that. Um, so what are some goals that you have for yourself with artist management and PR and then maybe with booking, too? Uh, artist management, definitely be able to grow an artist, like, from what we are now into – something like this kind of arts management and PR kind of like like pitchforky like that kind of level Mm -hmm. um it's just something that is like something that I've been really 
I'm really interested in like all these like kind of like indie news outlets and like how they function and like it's always really interesting to me um but having an artist that I work with getting on like Pitchfork would be like a dream um with booking um well this is kind of artist management side getting an artist that I work with on a tour with a bigger art like supporting a bigger artist Mm -hmm. trying to do that now and it's really not going anywhere um just because like that's so difficult um that would be really awesome and then PR I'm like interviewing to for this PR position at a label that I really admire Mm -hmm. so hopefully that goes through if it doesn't like I'm very fine with it because like obviously I'm super busy but like just something of that regard like just being able to do PR for artists that I actually genuinely care about um because I was I, I had a PR internship when I did some I did PR but it was like for like EDM artists and like pop artists and like I didn't really I feel like it was not my best work just because I was not passionate about it and if sure. I was able to like if I'm able to have the opportunity to like actually do PR for people that I'm like genuinely passionate about I think that'd be really awesome well that'll help them grow too at that point so you could still be a part of that process yeah that's awesome well I'm very excited for you and I hope that all these opportunities come your way because it sounds like you've got the right heart and attitude to be doing this that's for sure hopefully I mean this this industry is scary and hard and I feel like I haven't even broken into it yet. I feel like I'm very on the outside. Um, but I've just like, I think the best part of it so far is the fact that I've met such like amazing people that I've like got to spend time with. And like, I don't know, it's just like, it's really exciting for me. And like, I'm like a baby. So I have a lot of time to do more things, which is exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's good because you have the right people around you to motivate you and you can motivate them. And then just, that's how the scene grows in that sense. Yeah. Uh, what are some things that you'd like to be able to do over the next year with your projects? I don't know if it's going to, this is probably going to take more than a year, but I was saying this earlier, is like, I really want to start with, like, I just want to start like a newer space that's really caters towards non-men and, and just focuses on having like diversity and love. And there's a venue, it's not a, it's a house venue in Brooklyn that does something that it's it's basically what I want to do it's called the bronze and it's this house in Brooklyn and it's my favorite place in the world and they do shows like once a month and every time I go I just feel so happy and full of joy and like I just want to do something like that like just like being able to book my own calendar not having Mm -hmm. to deal with like annoying venue people that would be really great um but that's probably going to be like a three to four year thing once I'm done with school but in like the year-long spectrum do, I'm trying to do less shows with more established artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I was doing a lot of the very small shows, like cafes and stuff with just like very small artists, which obviously I was super passionate about. But since I'm so busy, I start like delegating my time. Things that are like, and it was extremely fulfilling to me to do that, but it was also caused so much stress. Like you need like, let's say like the venue, you need to sell 20 tickets to and you would get like 19 and you're like, oh my God. Like it was, it's just like, that kind of stuff just like, it's just like takes a toll. Mm-hmm. But like doing stuff with like more established artists and like being able to like meet all those funny fees and being able to pay the artists significantly and like for their time and their effort is just like something that's very important. So like, I want to continue doing that. Um, yeah, just stay sane. 
<laughs> no kidding. I know you have a lot. That's exciting though. And I hope that you get to a place to where it's like you can establish your own venue and be able to kind of delegate your time to relate pushing these young artists to be really successful. Because most of the artists that I manage and like I myself like are like underage. Mm-hmm. And like being able because like there's a lot of spaces where that aren't very welcoming for people under 18 or under 21 and like mm-hmm. this band that I managed that, that like half of them are in college half of them are in high school it's like they're so filling to work with because they're so young and like ready and like want to do this stuff and it's like helping bands like that like get to play these bigger venues is like something that's like just really important well said well I'm hoping for more of those kind of opportunities for you for those bands for everything um where can everybody keep up with you on social media and keep up with other ways music? Other ways is a Facebook page. Um, but I mostly use my Instagram, which is Lindsay and the diamonds, like Marina, the diamonds, haha, funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Like this, this is something I've listened to for like a while and I really admire the work that you do with this. I think it's like so important. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's been a blast talking to you. <laughs> this has been really fun. I really, I really enjoyed it. Unless it's on 103, the buzz, or some DIY basement sludge, and that, well, that's when it hit me. I don't have any real friends. All I've got are these acquaintances. None of them could care less Somehow I've been okay with it Until now Well I went to the tiny moving part show last night And I swear Guess that I didn't learn a goddamn thing 
spent the last 12 years just taking whoever came to me. But now I see that it's a two-way street. Last month I left a tiny moving car show without a doubt. Lindsay for joining on this episode and sharing her experiences working in music. Her efforts to book inclusive shows and provide opportunities to emerging artists are nothing less than incredible, and I'm thrilled to see her career grow. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work on publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. If you're in the neighborhood of Gainesville in October, come check out the very first Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion live show at the Fest. Check it out at 4.30 p.m. on October 27th at the Hippodrome. The event is free to all festgoers, so come hang out. I'd love to meet you and talk tunes. Plus, we have some really cool guests, including Slingshot Dakota, Gutless, and Expert Timing, so you won't want to miss this. But until next time, stay angry and support diverse show lineups and the people who make it happen. i